LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. You're listening to Ask Me Anything with Pastor J.D. Greer. Honest questions, quick answers. I'm your host, Todd Unzicker, and this is where J.D. Greer says, Ask Me Anything. Ask me anything, honest questions, quick answers. I'm your host, Todd Unzicker, and this is where Pastor J.D. gives quick answers to some of your toughest theological, ethical, and leadership questions. Pastor J.D., this week, the question is, how should Christians engage with social media? What is social media? I, is that like what, I know that the, you the never look at it. I know that nobody ever it. engages no with you. No one ever but, talks to me on social media. But let's media. just pretend that somebody can't put their, their phone down or their computer down, and they are on Facebook, Twitter, <laughs> Instagram, whatever else. What do they do with it? What do they do with it? What would you, WWJD, when it comes to Facebook? Yeah, I think it's a great question. It's certainly one that dominates probably more time in our day than just about any other. Um, it, it, what's been helpful for me and my wife, Veronica, to think about this, in fact, we have a lot of conversations about this because we have four kids, and they're getting into the teenage years, and this dominates their lives, too. Um, the first thing is is realizing that it's a you know there's this myth out there that that all um, all mediums of communication are neutral and that really it's the message that counts. But that's not entirely true. Many people have pointed out that in many ways the um, the medium ends up shaping the message and it ends up shaping the people who hear it. Uh, I mean, great example of this. Uh, I'm reading a book right now called Brand Luther, and it talked about how when the printing press was developed. Um, a couple things happened. One, you know, everybody got a hold of the message, and so people began to write and think in ways that were clearer and, and better communication, and also a lot shorter uh, than the typical things that were these long treatises, but they wanted to, to do it. We, and those weren't necessarily bad changes, but it just changed the shape of how Luther had to communicate, and one of the reasons he was so successful is that he, he mastered it faster than everybody else. So there is a shaping influence, and when it comes to social media, um, especially when you've got, you know, Twitter, what, 280 characters now, and it's got to be short and, and all all these things, it, it, it can shape it and you hearing it uh, for good and bad. One of the things that I think people point out helpfully is how um, um, is, is how it is built like constant distraction and constant tyranny of the urgent into just our day-to-day schedule. Tony Reinke has a book that we use a lot here at the church called 12 Ways That Your Phone Is Changing You. He points out, Todd, that um, Todd, look up from your phone here for a minute. Let me tell you this. Um, he points out that the average person checks their phone 81,500 times every year. That's once every 4.3 minutes. Or if, you know, this is an eight-minute podcast, it's going to be twice. They're going to you know, look down at their phone and see what's going on. They check email every five minutes, the average person does, and they do that in the midst of whatever else they're doing. Um, the Kind of the difficulty with that is that it takes an average of, uh, I think, of what it's about 60, 64 seconds, I think, um, to re-engage with whatever you're doing. And that's a lot of time wasted in the day when you're just thinking in these little chunks and every five minutes you're wasting a full minute, you know, just getting back into, into whatever you were working on. Um, the, the word distraction, um, that, that's, that just characterizes people. Just I mean, you just walk around, you see them, you know, looking at the, the, their phone, they're distracted. Um, I, I heard somewhere that uh, the, the word that we use, distraction, actually comes from a French word that meant um, when you would tie somebody's arms and legs to a four different horses and pull them apart. And I thought that's that's a great a great concept for how 
I think what social media does is just pulls people. Um, mm. One Christian counselor I was I was reading, and this may have been referenced by Reinke, I, I can't remember, but he said that he thinks distraction destroys more relationships than probably anything else today. Um, he said distraction makes intimacy impossible because in order for somebody to feel intimate with you, um, whether that's your spouse, a child, a good friend, they've got to believe, he says, three things. One, that you consider them a priority. Two, that you have plenty of unrushed time that is available for them. And that three, that you're giving them your undivided attention. Um, distraction, constant, you know, looking down at your phone, having it there um, on the table when you're you're eating dinner and just glancing down at it. That just that 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 undermines all three of those things that that are in order to create a a deep and healthy, fulfilling relationship. I know that personally, probably um, I get more bent out of shape off, based on things on social media than just about anything else. I'll be with my kids having a great time. Man, I'll look, I'll jump on Twitter, and all of a sudden, I'm just, my kids can tell I've totally changed. Um, I also know, I'll say one more thing here on the negative column. Um, I also know that, um, that probably few things accomplish less than all of our angry rants on social media. I mean, have you ever changed your mind because of something you read on social media? I mean, no. pr- probably not. No. Um, you, you know that great, uh, I can't remember what brand it is, and I probably shouldn't say it here anyway, but there's some commercial where everybody is like, oh, the world stopped spinning, so they all start running. And then I think what's Kevin Hart figures out that they're running the wrong direction, and they so everybody turns around and starts running the other direction. It's like they're trying to get the, the world to start spinning again. Um, yeah, I haven't okay. seen that because well, that's it, a distraction for me, TV, Jenny. So. Okay, well, so well, you're just so spiritual, you don't watch TV. But um, it, it's kind of ridiculous because everybody running a certain direction is is not going to change the, the, the direction of the earth. You put all that energy in, it's not actually going to change it. Um, well, in many ways, it's kind of like social media, all this effort and you just get nothing. Right. There's very little that happens, um, a little changing of the mind. So that's, you know, th- those are some negative things. I-, I guess just to put something on the positive side, um, it is a medium that is here to stay. And it's one that just like Luther figured out how to use the printing press, we need to figure out how to use social media for kingdom purposes, for um, for kingdom of God purposes. I don't mean just evangelism. I certainly mean evangelism, but also just um, accountability and community and reconnecting with people. I mean, I certainly enjoy that through Facebook. Um, I saw, of all people, Al Mohler say something about this a few years ago. He said, he, as much as anybody, bemoans the ways that Twitter is, is not a good format for nuanced and deep thought, and that's what he loves. But he also, he admitted, there are people who just won't hear what we're saying unless we say it in those formats. And I really want people to hear my message, so I've got to figure out how to adopt an uncomfortable uh, into an uncomfortable medium because the message is that important to me. And, and that's how I feel about social media is I've got to, even though I don't like a lot of it, I've got to do it because that's how our our generation yeah. communicates. So those are some of the dangers, J.D. Those are some of the ways that we, why we would still stay engaged. Yeah. But what I want you to do is what are some practical steps that our listeners could use when they're thinking about engaging with social media? But before you answer, we are going to you take a break. About we, it. Yep, you got time to think about it. Because we're going to take a, a hard stop here, and I want our listeners to know about one of our awesome sponsors. And this week is uh, is from a study that you have produced Ooh, called Gospel I'm Above All. I'm sponsoring me. You That's are sponsoring fantastic. your own podcast. <laughs> uh, it is a new Bible study. It's called The Gospel Above All. And in this eight-session Bible study, uh, Pastor J.D. talks with notable contributors like Jen Wilkin, David Blatt, Rosario Butterfield, Greg Laurie, Vance Pittman, Al Moeller, and Kevin Smith about what it means to make the gospel above all in our lives 
and in our churches. We need to reinforce our identity as a gospel people, putting the gospel above all, above all of our styles of worship or eschatology or political positions. We find our unity in the gospel, and whatever preferences we have must be secondary to this unifying standard. Man, that sounds really good. I'm going to have to get my hands on that. Well, you want to go to gospelaboveall.com, and you can find out where you can get that study. So, J.D., what are, getting back to this, how should Christians engage with social media? What are some practical steps? You I was going to use that time you were doing that to think of some practical steps, but I, I jumped on my phone just to see what was going on on Twitter. And you and got distracted. This, and I got distracted. Um, okay, so the first practical step, I think, is just, it, this is a principle that I kind of live my life by, is set a time limit on what you're going to do. I don't just, I don't stay tethered to my phone. I have specific times of the day that I check it, specific times I do email. Um, I'm trying to coach my kids into using, you know, the first part of the hour to, to check it, but to, 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 to stay off it, you know, the rest of the time, because without a time limit, you'll just end up finding yourself like in those stats every 4.3 minutes, you're on it for a minute or two and unable to re-engage. Um, you know, the, it, it, most phones have these great, you know, time tracking things. In fact, screen time is on the, the phone that I use. And I thought, well, I'm just doing awesome, you know? And so I, I flipped that thing on and then checked it later, you know, a few days later and find out I'm not doing as awesome as I thought. Cause there's a substantial amount of each day that spent, spends looking, um, looking down at it. So that'd be one set a time limit and, um, and realize that without that, you're just going to end up following the path of least resistance and it'll have you on a lot more than you think. Um, don't use it as a crutch. Uh, it would be a kind of a second thing. Um, don't look at it first thing in the morning. Uh, John Piper had a great um, little article that asked, he said, he said, why is it that it is always the first thing you turn to in the morning? Hmm. Sometimes before you even get out of bed, hmm. he identifies, uh, it, was, it was like six different reasons. He said that it's like candy. It's, uh, he called one of them novelty candy. Um, we have FOMO, you know, the, that fear of missing out. We're, we're afraid that our friends are going to know something we don't know. They're going to know it faster than us. Um, you know, in fact, sociologists have classified a condition where you experience a legitimate anxiety from being separated from your phone because you're afraid of missing out on, mm-hmm. on it. I think uh, they call it nomophobia. Um, and that's, that's actually the name. Without Jesus, your, your FOMO is going to lead to nomophobia. With Jesus, you'll have nomophomo. No okay, that's FOMO. that's an original with me. But he identifies that in like five other um, ones: um, responsibility avoidance. It's easy to do that. Boredom avoidance. Entertainment candy. Ego candy. I want to see what people are saying about me. And it, it just becomes it becomes candy is is fun to eat, but it's not satisfying and won't get you throughout the day. Um, I've noticed that when I've been on social media a lot, my soul just feel it feels like I've been eating cotton yep. candy mentally, right? And it's cheap, and so uh, don't use that as a as a crutch. Use it, you know, just on the margins in very limited amounts of time. Uh, I would it, you tell people um, to, to diversify. Um, you know, to uh, it's easy just to follow the people that are saying what you want to hear, but it ends up being this big echo chamber. I like to follow some people I don't agree with just to know what people are saying and how they're reacting to various. Um, the various things. Um, the maybe a, a counter to that is I always encourage people to unfollow whoever you envy, because you know you you just love getting on Facebook and seeing what what she's doing with her kids and and you're just envious of the way that she parents and that just makes you mad or you know I, I want to see what another pastor is doing and then I'm envious of him and uh, it's just you know what I need to deal with my envy and feeding it by constant comparison isn't helping me so just it just real practically you save yourself a lot of stress unfollow those you envy. Um, it, here's one that's very personal to me since you brought it up. Try to remember that people on social media are actually people, um, that it may just look to you like a public figure or it may look like somebody that's, uh, if you're a conservative, they're a liberal, or if, 
you know, whatever facade you're on. Um, that, but they're an actual person and they have feelings and made in the image of God. Made in the image of God. I, I remember um, there was a couple public figures I was taking shots at. Um, and then I actually got to know one of them. And I, the next time I got ready to take a shot at him, because we'd had a you know substantial conversation, I was like, it's hard for me to think of like just saying this mean. So I, I said something. It was still critical about them, but I did it like I was sitting across for the table from them. And all these people, unless they're Russian bots, all these people are actual people, and you should you know treat them that way because I mean God holds us accountable for the words of our mouth and the tweets of our thumbs. I guess you, you might say. Um, I, the last thing I, I would say on this is if there were ever a place to apply James's counsel in, in the book of James that we need to be quick to listen and slow to speak, man, I would think that would apply in social media. I've gotten in more trouble, Todd, by I mean, looking at a news story and just, bam, you know, here's my reaction. I'm virtue signaling. I'm awesome. I'm on the right side of this, only to find out later that, hey, there was a little bit more to this story. And so... I think in, in, in most cases, we ought to be a lot more measured and thoughtful and communicate when we need to communicate, but do so with, with James's admonition in view that, that we ought to be quick to, quick to listen and slow to speak. That's Pastor J.D. this week on how to engage with social media. Set limits for yourself. Don't use it as a crutch. Diversify who you're going to follow and, and, and who you're going to um, be, be interacting with on social media. Try to remember that those people are, are real people too, made in the image of God. And just like God's word says, be quick to listen and slow to speak or uh, slow to tweet. Slow to as type. It were. Slow to type, as it were here. This is Ask Me Anything, part of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. And if you haven't listened to one of our sister podcasts, it's Rainer on Leadership. They're our good friends. And uh, if you haven't listened to this, they are part of the Lifeway Leadership Network family. And they recently covered relevant topics like six major areas where pastors want to reset their ministries and why your church attendance may vary even up to 25% each week. Just look up Rainer on Leadership on your favorite podcasting app or subscribe today. That's Rainer on Leadership. I am Todd Unzicker, your host. This is Ask Me Anything with Pastor J.D. Greer. We'll see you next week on the podcast.